What's up, you guys? This is another episode of the Triple Option Report, where we talk about sports, comics, and pop culture. And today, obviously, we have a weekend recap. We're going to recap everything that happened in sports, comics, and pop culture. So, first off, I'll go with the big thing that happened in sports. Uh, the absolute massacre that happened in Eugene on Saturday. Uh, wow, that was just a slaughter. And, and honestly, watching that game, Oregon went very easy on them in a weird way. Even though from the get-go, the coach was out for blood in a team, how they played and how they scored made it seem like they could have been, it could have been a lot worse than what the actual score was. They decided to just dink and dunk and gradually matriculate down the field until they scored t- a, a touchdown, shaving off a lot of time in the clock in the process. They could have just bombed it up or, or just like made big plays and scored in, in like a couple minutes. He decided instead to just take what six, seven minutes to drive. So like it was forty two to six, but it could have easily been like eighty something, honestly, to like nothing if they really wanted to pour it on even more. So Colorado kinda got off kinda easy there. And it just showed just how far away Colorado is. There's a lot of fans, a lot of casuals who thought like, oh, they beat TCU or they beat Colorado State, and that means that they're like a, a legit packed title contender. Some people thought national title contender, which is insane. Honestly, this Colorado team, no one thought they'd win more than two games heading to the season. I was one of the more generous ones. I thought they'd go four and eight. I was super generous compared to how a lot of people thought they'd go this year. Uh, so if Colorado were to make a bowl game this year, honestly, that's good enough to, to make Deion Sanders like a, a coach of the year contender. At least. Seriously. Like, people don't understand how difficult it is to turn a team that was that bad around. To go from 1-11 and that one win is really because the team they faced was depleted to <laughs> to all to end all last year. Uh, if it weren't for that, like, to go from that to, like, 6-6 six and six possibly in the toughest conference in college football is, I said this in my last episode, that's a huge accomplishment. That's a coach of the year, uh, a, a finalist level accomplishment for a head coach in his first year with that team, especially with the massive turnover. Like, uh, uh, this is going to be the worst team that he has, Deion Sanders, Colorado team, if he stays here long term. So, like, I, I don't see why people are like the sky's falling or anything. No, it's getting back to what it actually is realistically this year. A team that's got some star players, but death wise and everything across the board, not up to par. And that's fine. <laughs> like, this is, still, this is still a huge accomplishment. This season is still a success. They won three games. Winning three games with this Colorado team would have been a success in general heading to the season. So, most likely they could, what, win five, six games? That's a huge accomplishment. You're way ahead of schedule. Like, like if Dion decides to stay here long, ter- long term in Colorado, three to four years down the road when the recruiting and everything is, like, fully intact, there'll be a, a, a nine-plus ten-win team Clearly in like a, a big toe tie. Well, honestly, how bad the big toe is doing this year. Might be a big toe tie contender next couple of years. Maybe even maybe next year. Honestly, that's how bad the big toe is this year. But yeah, like like in general, there'll be there'll be a very good team in the future, at least. So like the future's still bright for this Colorado team. But yeah, Oregon that was a that was a, a, a that was back to reality. Outgained Colorado five hundred twenty-two yards to one hundred ninety-nine. Man. Uh, other things that happened in college football, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, 
They are not there yet. Uh, Bama, we talked about how Bama is down this year and how this looks to be Saban's worst team since his first team with Bama. And uh, Ole Miss definitely didn't show it. They, at first, were winning at halftime, but then in the second half, the offense just fell apart. So, yeah, like, like Glenn Kiffin and Ole Miss are talking a lot, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it did not show in the field. It definitely flundered by them. Uh, Washington State and Oregon State, that was amazing. Great game, two great teams, two teams that definitely do not deserve to be left out of a, a Power 5 conference. I don't want what happened to Rice and uh, Houston and SMU happen to Washington State and Oregon State. SMU was a program that before, you know, the death penalty, obviously, they were a legit, prestigious, uh, major conference program. You can include TCU in that conversation, too, but TCU's turned around since they rejoined the Big 12. Well, since they joined the Big 12. But, yeah, like, I don't want that to happen to Oregon State and, 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 and uh, Washington State. They end out, like, a, as good as, a, no offense to the team, about to say, like, a, a Nevada or something. You don't want them to end out like that. There's too much history with those two programs, and they're showing right now they're too talented to, like, come on, you can't do that. And that's why I really hate what's happening in conference realignment, like killing off the Pac-12. It's nasty. You imagine, look at how good the Pac-12 is right now. If it was still alive for the next few years, this is not going to let up. <laughs> this is going to stay a great conference for the next five years at least with how those programs are running right now. So it's just super unfortunate. Uh, Clemson, Clemson is officially back. I have no idea what uh, that decision-making was at the end of the game. The clock management was awful. I don't know what any of that was, honestly. That was a mess. And they had a chance, and honestly, it, this is like a textbook Clemsoning. Like, the Duke loss wasn't really Clemsoning because they got blown out by Duke. Uh, 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 well, actually, that kind of is Clemsoning, too. Clemsoning is like a combination of getting blown out by teams that on paper you should win by at least two touchdowns by and also facing teams that look elite and pushing them to the brink but then doing something stupid at the end that makes you lose that game. That is, yeah, never mind. Those are both two pure Prime examples of Clemson. So yeah, Clemson is back to what they were pre-Dabble. It looks like an 8-9 win team. And that's about it. So uh, yeah, that's it for, for Clemson as being like the top dog in, in the ACC, I think. Because Miami looks really good too. So does Syracuse. So I, I don't know what Dabble's future is for Clemson. Like, because I don't know about Nick Saban's future with Alabama. If Nick Saban were to retire after the end of this year, which isn't out of the real possibility, if that were to happen, does Dabble, is he one of the top choices? Since, if I'm correct, didn't he play for Bama? So, like, I, I, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, that's not out of the real possibility either. And what happens with Clemson? So it's a lot to, to think about at the end of the season for both those programs. Brian Ferentz, Iowa. That offense is awful. It's worse than it was last year, somehow. I don't know how that's possible. Zero points. What? Didn't they gain less than 80 yards of offense against Penn State? And Penn State's defense was great, but that's awful. 
like goodness. Like like I think Penn State had almost tripled the amount of plays as Iowa did. Iowa had what barely over thirty plays. How's that even possible? <laughs> what do you, you should off of drives alone. You should have at least what seven eight drives a game, something like that. You should. <laughs> how is that even possible? Like that 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 means you just did nothing but three and outs all game. It's disgusting, man. Like I, I I get like there are certain times when there are coaches who are like sons of head coaches or or like stuff like that. Like, but they're actually like good coaches. Think of like a a, a Jay Arbaugh. He's a legit coach. Brian Ferentz is not that. He's not good, man. He's not a good coach. And it's very frustrating because Iowa has a great defense. And if Iowa had just like a decent, a decent offense, they'd be a 10-win team at least. Like that was disgusting on a Saturday night. And looking at that, I mean, Iowa is no different than what they were last year. They're an eight, nine-win team at best. And uh, Notre Dame and Ryan Day. Speaking of, Offenses that didn't look impressive. These two offenses look like juggernauts, at least on paper they were supposed to, heading to the season, right? And Notre Dame certainly did. Well, this was a little underwhelming, but you knew after the West, West Kentucky game that they still had it. And then this game happened. It happened exactly the way I thought it would. A lot of people thought it would be a high-scoring game. It was like, no. Their defenses are really good, and their offenses are, at least on Ohio State's, uh, 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 with Ohio State, they're not what they were, even though people still think they were. In a weird way. And it showed. Like, it was a defensive slugfest. I don't, what, only a field goal was scored in the first half? And, like, I'll say this about the ending. I don't know what that was. You have two straight players at the end of the game. Where you you only have ten players out there on the field. Like, I could see one, even though in that situation that's unacceptable. Two... That makes no sense. And the crazy thing is that they shut them down on, 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 the, on the first play somehow, kept them out of the, uh, the end zone at Ohio State. I have no idea what Notre Dame was doing there on that second play. Like, that, that's a coaching malpractice. Two plays in a row, last plays of the game at the goal line, and you're keeping Ohio State from scoring a touchdown, and you have one less player than what you're supposed to on the field. And then, like, I'm sorry, but the Ryan Day thing, that was hilarious. Him making that big speech towards uh, Lou Holtz because Lou Holtz said like a basic thing of like, a, oh, Ohio State's not that physical. If you're out physical, then you win. Okay, why is Ryan Day doing that? Yet he lets Jim Harbaugh literally say he's on third base and beat him again at home by like three touchdowns. Even worse than what he did last game. Okay. Well, anywho, let's go to the NFL. So, uh... First off, the Lions, their defense looked absolutely dominant. This is what I thought of when I thought, like, the Lions' defense would be much improved from last year. Uh, the first game showed that against, against Kansas City, but then, you know, I don't know what the heck that was against Seattle. I don't know if it's Geno Smith in Seattle, but every single time the Lions face Seattle, they give up a lot of points. I have no idea why. But, yeah, like, against the Falcons, they looked completely just dominant. Aiden Hutchinson had, what, two sacks, a fumble recovery, a block pass, something like that, and then Brian Branch, who was just an absolute beast. I mean, in every spot he was at, whether it be, I get it, I mean, he's a DB, but, like, 
whether it be coverage or 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 uh, pressuring the quarterback or what, like blitzing, like he was just everywhere. He was at a, a completely flawless uh, uh, performance by Brian Branch. But yeah, that Lions defense looked lethal out there. Uh, the Ravens, man, that team is broken down right now, health-wise. They were without, I feel like almost half of their starting unit against against the Colts. And it showed, it felt like they couldn't get to like their top gear at all against the Colts. And like the Ravens, they've had injury problems for a while now. Uh, and with Lamar Jackson, he's still a beast, but you don't, Want that window to close, you know. That's all I'm saying. You gotta fix that health problem, the injury problem with 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 Baltimore, because you you really don't want that window to close because that would be waste of potential. Now, the Titans. Speaking of a window closing, the Titans, that window's closed. This team is not gonna win a Super Bowl. They're not gonna make it to a Super Bowl. It's not gonna happen. Like, like, it's it's over. Time to rebuild. Unless, like, you don't mind just going through the motions and, and being maybe good enough to make the playoffs. Not bad, but nothing special. Because, yeah, yeah the, the, the time for the Titans to have an opportunity to, to win, a, win a trophy, it, it's over. At least with this generation. It's just not going to happen. Quarterback is just not there anymore. The running back there can be as great as he is. That's a lot for him to do at this time in his career. He's starting to get hurt the last couple of years. Like, I don't know, man. It, yeah. Uh, now, we talked about a, a window closing, a window that's opened up now. The Dolphins, like, that offense is there. Now, the defense is nothing to, like, go home about, but the offense... It's outstanding. The Broncos, though, my God. I mean, I don't even know what to do with that team. That defense, it started out so good, too. That's the crazy thing. Like, the first week, the defense was really good. And then week two happened in the first half of week two. The defense still looked really good. The second half, it collapsed. Week three, that defense is one of the worst I've ever seen. If not, the worst. They were letting the Dolphins move at will. The Dolphins had two running backs, uh, A. Chain and, and uh, Mostert. Both ran for, what? I mean, both had uh, four touchdowns each. Eight touchdowns between the two of them. Eight between two running backs. And any error is insane, obviously. But in the NFL now, when... People barely use running backs like how they used to. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Fifty six points between just two running backs. Like they gave they gave up over seven hundred yards of offense. Denver, seven hundred more than that in an NFL game. Giving up over seven hundred yards of offense in a high school football game is insane. Giving up that much in an NFL game when you were all elite players coming out of college? That, that's disgusting, honestly, and really unacceptable. 
Like, this Denver team looks even worse than last year. So, Sean Payton, how he was talking about, uh, yeah, like, you can't talk about the last head coach when your team looks arguably worse somehow. Can't talk crap about Nathaniel Hackett if, if your team is getting 70 dropped on their head. Hey, man. I want to talk about the Packers, specifically one player, Rashawn Gary. I'm very happy for him. There was a lot of people who were kind of naysayers about him heading to the NFL, like calling him overrated and saying that he was a dis- somewhat of a disappointment. I didn't think so in college. That he'd be a bust or whatever after like his first one or two years. Three sacks yesterday. This dude is a beast. Like, like if he keeps this up, he's going to make an all-pro team this year. And he would have made an all-pro team probably last year if he weren't injured. Like, like this dude's a monster. And that Packers team was pretty good. You know, at first I, I had them missing the playoffs because I thought, well, I'll give the Vikings the edge over them and the Giants. But looking at the Giants and Vikings now, I don't know, man. I think the Packers might get that last wild card spot. Uh, C.J. Shroud might be the Ohio State quarterback that finally breaks through. I know it's only three weeks, so I'll still wait and see. But at this moment, really good game by him. Great performance by him. Uh, the Jaguars, I don't know what's up with that team. The AFC South in general looks really bad, so I'll still give the Jaguars the edge. But still, that was a really bad performance by them, both offensively and defensively. The Chargers and Vikings were both teams that played like franchises that are cursed. There was so many, That was a chaotic game. There was a lot going on there. A lot of weird decisions overall. But at the end, the Chargers pulled out the victory. So the playoff hopes, as minuscule as they were before, they're still there. The Vikings, they're done. No playoffs this year. Like 0-3 in that franchise, not going to happen. And that's for the Bears. I don't know what to say. I have no idea if they're winning a game this year. They are the worst team in the NFL by a landslide. They're getting blown out in every game. And 41 to nothing at halftime, I think. What? It was like 34 to nothing? Something like, that. like, that's disgusting. She, the Kansas City really could have put 70 on them if they really wanted to. Like, that was just foul. And everything that's happening behind the scenes there, too, like, off the field, like, it, it is a mess, man. I mean... I really don't know if they're going to win a game this year. They're that bad. Now, that was it for sports. As for comics, uh, one big thing that happened, well, a couple, was with Invincible, they said it's going to be seven to eight seasons. That makes sense. It, for anyone who read the comic books, yeah. like There's like a couple uh, stories there. It was like one or two issues that's good enough that it could have been a season by itself, honestly. So, like... Don't be worried about that for anyone who didn't read the comic books. That makes me even more excited, actually. That means they're going to put everything from there in there. And if they do, you're going to have one of the best TV shows ever, honestly. As for another thing that happened in comic books, in, in Marvel, they're bringing back the Ultimate Universe. You know, at first, the Ultimate Universe was a really cool concept. I think the downfall was just that it got a little too edgelordy. If they can chill, chill out with that and still make it completely different from the main universe, you have a bright future there. Because there are some characters from the Ultimate Universe, mainly Miles Morales, that end up becoming stars. 
So like, there's a lot of potential still there. So I'm super hyped for that, and, and I want to see what they do with it this time around. And as for pop culture, uh, a lot of great shows happened in pro wrestling this weekend. New Japan, DDT, uh, AEW had a great collision show. Probably the best one they've ever done yet. And then unfortunate thing that happened was the WWE releases. That sucked. It was expected because it's a merger, but still. I don't I hopefully there's no more. But man, like like that's just not something you want to see. It's very unfortunate. Now, to end the show on a high note though, WGA and TV executives have reached agreement. That's a great thing. And hopefully next couple weeks or whatever, or next week or so, they get it all finished off and we can get that part done. Now the SAG, uh, AFTRA, that's still going on. And who knows how long it's going to last because now it's getting, it's getting video games involved. So that's still going to take a while probably. But it's good that we got a lot of progress already. So maybe this won't take as long as we all thought. And maybe TV executives and rich people will actually bow down to the workers for once, which is a great thing. Because from we know, CEOs are making a lot more money and people who are actually doing, you know, the jobs aren't in recent memory across the board. So hopefully that that starts progress for not just entertainment, but other things outside of that. So with that being said, it's now time for that big time pick. And I'll go with the WNBA. So a shocker happened uh, over the weekend, and that was it that the uh, Connecticut Sun beat the New York Liberty in game one of the semifinals, of one of the two semifinals of the WNBA. I've been talking about how uh, the New York Liberty and, and Las Vegas Aces are on a collision course, so seeing one of them lose and lose by double figures in the first game is pretty wild. So my big-time pick coming on uh, tonight is, is the Sun versus Liberty in game two. I see Liberty getting revenge and winning comfortably and winning, probably doing a, a, a what a, a backdoor sweep. And, and, and it's, again, a collision course we've all been waiting for in the WNBA this year. Uh, the Liberty and the Aces. I still fully believe that, it will, that that will happen. And that's exactly what the WNBA needs. They're having a, a great season this, this uh, year so far. Like, not just critically, but commercially as well, obviously. And why not finish out with a bang with the two best teams, probably in years, facing off against each other in the finals. Be perfect ending. So with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. Again, without you guys, this isn't, this isn't existing. Like, we're around, what, 50 episodes or so? It's all thanks to you guys. Also, thank you all for downloading and subscribing and liking and following. And also, following me on social media, on Twitter, at Pulliam underscore Blake, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, all lowercase. Following me on threads, Blake underscore Pulliam1, all lowercase, and following me on TikTok, the Triple Ops Report, just like my podcast. So that's it for today. See you guys again on Wednesday. Mondays are, for this episode, at least Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. See you guys. Bye. Thank you.